Regal Movie Masters. Unlimited. This is the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited podcast where we indiscriminately watch every goddamn movie that comes out at the local theaters. The Movie Masters today are Justine. Hi. Brent. Hello. Dylan. What's up? And I'm Colin. Uh, we got a we got a full docket, folks. You thought we were slacking? Thought we were laying low? No, we have three movies to get into today. We have The Nun 2, the newest entry into James Wan's Conjuring Verse. We have my big fat Greek wedding three, the newest entry into the Greek verse. <laughs> and we have um what's the movie called? The full title? Aristotle and Dante's uh Discover the Secrets of the Universe. All right. <laughs> yes. And that's uh, the first entry into uh the the Latinx uh <laughs> Yaoi. Um how do you pronounce that? Is it Yaoi? Yaoi. Yaoi. The Latinx <laughs> Yaoi cinematic universe. Which is off to a great universe start. verse. All right. A, ver- a universe within a universe. Um, as always, before we begin dicing out these uh, fine films, we got to tell you that we have a, an email which you can contact us. It's moviemasters760 at gmail.com. That's moviemasters, plural, 760 at gmail.com. And just a heads up, we got spoilers on everything, absolutely every aspect of all these movies we talk about. So this is the alert for all of these. So. Uh, Dylan, tell you tell us what we're starting with. <clears throat> well, Colin, we got the Nun Two, the ninth installment in the Conjuring series, but also a sequel to a spinoff series called <laughs> The Nun. <laughs> it's a it's a supernatural ish horror movie, you know. If, to make things short, it follows uh, Sister Irene. She returns from you know the previous movie, The Nun, as I just mentioned, and uh, you know she's trying to find Valak, the demon nun. There's a Valak situation happening in Europe. Priests in the higher churches are realizing there's a pattern of murders and suicides between the um, the nuns and priests in all these churches. Yeah, so basically there's like a, the original nun, which mm-hmm. was a convent designed to contain um, this demon, which we'll learn much later in a different entire film series is named Valak. I don't think Valak's mentioned by name in this one, right? No, no. And so, uh, yeah, that one in the first nun was bombed during World War II. Also probably should say that this takes place in the 50s, mm-hmm. like the nun does. Oh. Demon gets out in the first one, and they think it's defeated because they drip some of the blood of Christ on him. Um, she spat the blood of Christ yes, at him. <laughs> the fools, um, because as we find out in this film, there's a string of very suspiciously Valak-esque happenstances uh, on a path in Europe, which lays us not in the convent in Romania, but in uh, in France, right? Yes, at a, like a boarding school. Got it. <laughs> yeah, sorry. As a person, I didn't watch. I didn't watch the Nun one, so like everything before this was brand new to me. <laughs> Did not know who Frenchie was. I was I was very lost. You mean Maurice? Maurice, but I guess they call him Frenchie. Yeah, they call yeah. him Frenchie. Every, but I think in this one, it's just strictly Maurice. Um, yeah, this one's all Maurice. Oh, they call sometimes they called him the gangster of love and all. Their That's concepts. true. They do be calling him the gangster of love. Anyway, Sister Irene is followed by Deborah, who's played by Storm Raid. Uh, you guys saw her in Missing, and together they're trying to track down Valak, who's played by the legendary Bonnie Aarons as the nun slash Valak, <laughs> who's been in nothing else, I assume. Uh, if you call her legendary, no, she was in other movies, oh, okay. but she's like background. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she 
He plays the quote unquote bum in uh, Brent's favorite movie of all time, Maholan Drive. My, my, one of my favorite roles ever is the quote unquote bum in from Maholan Drive. Drive. Anyway, but Valak, aka the nun, has possessed the homie Frenchie, which was Maurice, and he's from the first movie. Um, while he's working on his new life, working as a groundskeeper at the all girls boarding school. Um, and chaos ensues, you know. Also, the director <laughs> is familiar with the Conjuring world, uh, the Conjuring universe. He's got, he's got two other films under his belt. Am I wrong? In the Conjuring? No, you're not wrong. In okay. the Conjuring verse, it's Michael Chavez. He directed him. He did uh, Conjuring. The Devil Made Me Do It, aka Conjuring Three. Yes. In La Llorona. There we go. That's it. Mm. He hasn't done any other movies. He does other movies, but okay. I. I only listed the... uh, If it ain't Conjuring, we don't fuck with it. I don't give a fuck. I don't know, right? I just want him to do Conjuring films. Yorona's not good. No, and Conjuring 3 isn't the best entry either. That's kind of whatever. Yeah, me and... (laughs) If it's not clear, me and Justine... um, I I have never seen a Conjuring movie until this week where I decided to watch every Conjuring movie. All eight. You doing okay? (laughs) Yeah, I'm I'm doing stellar. I can't... Jesus. Uh, Someone look up the name of the demon. Who's the demon that possesses Annabelle? Annabelle. Oh, isn't it Mathlic? Math. It's like Malthus or something silly like that. Anyway, so the 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 chronology goes. No, no, goddamn it. The nun, the nun two. This is chronological, not how oh. the movies were released. The nun, the nun two, Annabelle creation, The Conjuring. Annabelle comes home. La Llorona. No. Oh shit! What did I get? The nun, the, the nun. nun two, Annabelle creation, Annabelle. Annabelle. Then The Conjuring. Then Annabelle Comes Home. Then La Llorona. Then Conjuring, Conjuring 2 and 3. Yeah. <laughs> I assume. And the, 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 so the shtick with these movies. <laughs> All of these movies. <laughs> since you asked, Brent. Is uh, like any like background character or spooky guy they come up with, they get their own trilogy. Period. End of story. I just asked if you're doing okay. <laughs> there's a there's a like a little toy box that has a, a crooked man in it. Guess who's getting his own in in the Conjuring Two? Crooky. We want to happen. No, they're making a. Well, I heard on YouTube they're making a crooked <laughs> okay. man movie, and I'm not going to doubt something I heard in an errant YouTube video. Mm. So they're making a crooked man movie, which of course is going to lead to Crooked Man Begins. And then again, be crooked man in the last chapter. Yeah, there's a, a fairy man is who we want. I don't think there's any news of a fairy man movie, but in, in Annabelle three, there's a guy with coins in his eyes. Coin eye guy, definitely getting his own trilogy. They'll let James Wan know that he produced it later, right? <laughs> uh, James Wan executive producer is BS, but I think James Wan producer still counts for something. Damn it! So he, he's aware that the films exist. I'm. Fairly certain. If, if he if it's executive producer, then I'll give you. I don't think all he's right, right, right. seen them. Yeah. But producer, I feel like he has a little bit okay. more of his his thumb in the pie. All of the Conjuring verse is James Wan baby. He directed one and two of the Conjuring, and then deeply produced all the others. Deeply they, produced. They all feel like it too. Yeah. You know what's cool? I've I think I have pinpointed why I like James Wan so much. Oh. I'm, an, I'm, a, I'm coming out as a James Wan fan. Okay. Here's my argument for James Wan. One, he has figured out how to make a passable movie. Counterpoint? <laughs> and Malignant. Not, he has figured out how to make a passable movie and not go one click above that. <laughs> like, yeah, okay. He All gets right. the C minus and he calls it a fucking day because anything <laughs> above that is just wasted energy, and he could be spending that time producing something else. That's right. 
like him being able to pull out Aquaman. <laughs> he made a billion out of a, a friggin' post Snyder DC property. Like, give the man his flowers out of Aquaman. He's gonna do the second one. I don't think it's gonna do as well, but that's just speculation. Um, he, he'll pull off a. It just pops into the Fast and Furious franchise like a Jack in the Box. He did seven, <laughs> directed, not produced, not executive produced, not co-executive directed. Fast Seven. The broke can just like get in and get the job fucking done. Fast Seven, kind of a that's a good one. That's one of the better ones too, in my opinion. Yeah. We don't have to go over the Fast Seven. No, we're just doing Conjuring movies. But yes. And I enjoy the series as I have learned because you can just put it on and stuff happens, Mm -hmm. and you watch the screen and it's not too distracting. It's it's a it's one notch above ambient. It's not quite ambient. (laughs) But it's also not exactly going to distract you too much from you know your day to day life. Having a movie on, I really like it. I really I, I like it. They are they are cozy. I think except for the nun. The nun is the nun is weak. The La Llorona is weak. The first nun. Yeah, yeah. Okay. that's pretty boring. Uh, let's get into the second nun. The second boring nun. for Res- me. I like, res- I respectfully disagree. Painfully boring. <laughs> they're, it's boring in the same way that they're all boring, and it's much. It's more exciting than the nun. Was it all right? Yes. What's the more boring movie that you've seen this year for you? Oh, I mean, what comes to mind immediately is uh-huh. Asteroid City, which was the yes. most boring gotcha. movie I've ever seen. Gotcha. Basically, that was aggressively I'll give boring. You that. I mean, even Apples to Apples, I would say The Boogeyman was more boring. That was definitely a boring ass movie. Um, and and I I I, I thought that was fun. I mean, Last Voyage of Demeter mm. is a lot yeah. more downtime with a lot less uptime. Dylan, you brought up the um the haunted house comparison and i think that's an apt why don't you break down your 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 haunted house theory as it pertains to this film (laughs) oh i was just saying uh these movies any james wan like horror movie i've ever seen that's not saw related it's just haunted house i guess saw related too actually because you have to visualize walking into a room and there's a guy getting tortured but uh, in these films it's just like here's a dark alley just pitch black no lights and then all of a sudden, there's just like a boo right there. It's like behind him, in front of him. It's just like, it just doesn't matter. It's just like constantly putting you in some fucking uh, suspense. And just, just a jump scare. Just, yeah, but yeah. every time it like weirdly works. Like that, uh, this is Insidious film, but the stupid like uh, Insidious 3 where uh, she's in the thing opening up all the, what's it called? Oh, suitcases. suitcases. Yeah. yeah. And you know a demon's gonna pop out of one of them. <laughs> yeah. But you they know, know you know. Music yeah. swells. Hop. First one's empty. Yeah. Okay, on to the second one. Shaking hand, approaching luggage, music swells. Hop. Empty. There's four suitcases. Yeah. Approaches the third one. Music swells. Demon. Yeah. God, de- you were expecting in the fourth one, weren't you, dummy? <laughs> you expected nothing. Sometimes they make you expect nothing. They, like <laughs> they make you expect it because it's like, oh, or the person's head is like out of center. There's like a pitch black, nothing behind it, like on the full right side of the screen. Then nothing happens. Just cuts the next scene. <laughs> just like, damn it. If I could zero in on one thing you said is the, is the doesn't matter factor. And I think that is a huge <laughs> through line in all these movies. Is like, oh, oh, no, uh, matters. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I do believe it's it. They they start with jump scares. Like, give me 
everyone, all the writers, go home, think of 12 jump scares and come back tomorrow. And then they probably describe them as beats, but they're actually just jump scares. Oh, no, I don't. Yeah, I don't think like they come up with the scare scenarios. That's what I mean. Yeah, they're just like, these are our beats, the jump scares. Yeah. And then after after they come like, you know, figure out their power ranking of the best ones or ones (laughs) that will be coolest to work with. Then it's like, okay, how do we barely thread a plot through this? Yeah. (laughs) You know, like barely have anything holding this one together and so uh annabelle comes home is probably is like one of conjuring is probably the best movie that could pass as a real film okay annabelle comes home though is the most is where they embrace it because they're like that takes place in the warrens household which don't worry they i don't know if the warrens have been born yet by the time that this movie takes place or they are like children because it's like the 50s still in in europe so they are in a different continent and adolescence mm-hmm. by the time this movie takes place but they are the main characters of the entire franchise um but they have all these spooky haunted objects in their house and it says don't go in here don't open these objects and these bratty babysitter goes over just because she wants to talk to her dead father and she lets all the spooky ghosts out and so the whole movie is just that it is just like uh there's a goat demon uh there's a coin demon uh <laughs> lights go on nothing lights go off face yeah. turn the light on he's gone again like behind you nothing look ahead of you nothing look behind you again demon in the mirror hand reaches out like just i mean i hesitate to even call them jump scares it's just like well that that one's the only one i could kind of remember like fright scenes yeah. again it's a haunted house it's, greatest hits you walk around a corner <laughs> you walk around a corner and yeah. i'm a i'm a i'm the butcher you know like, yeah exactly. oh there's that guy yeah uh, oh geez you know, oh you, look remember that one you, you walk past the butcher and then you're like oh i'm glad that we're away from that butcher and then there's a big bat when you walk ah. in oh and air is compressing out of the bat and spraying on you like ah uh, damn it yes and that's all these ah, movies shucks. and and keep to go back to the doesn't matter part. All of these things, all these like jump scares. I think you could rearrange them entirely. They don't ramp up. It's not like a stairway to heaven where like it starts quiet and then it builds up and it crescendos. It's just rearrange any five of these like jump scare moments. Same movie exactly, note for note. I'll give them credit. Like since she did the music analogy, I think yeah, they start with like their twelve jump scares and then they look at them like songs. They're like, all right, man, what's the strongest? Yeah, <laughs> fifth one. All right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Let's have it go second because we really want to like really like hook the <laughs> yeah. audience. You know what I mean? Like get them like really wired into being jump scared. And then, yo, that crow that flies by real fast, seventh. Yeah, to your, to your boring point, I think yeah. it does start with not a lot. There is like, like by the the last 15 minutes of the movie, I guess let's say the last, the last 15 minutes before the boss fight because yeah. there is like a straight up Nintendo game boss fight with, uh, with, Valak, who is giant Valak. Valak is, by the way, not mentioned by name in this movie, but Valak is the original demon in the convent who was just taking the form of a nun mm-hmm. to 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 be spooky. more spooky. So even though it is the nun, Valak is the demon taking a nun form, but it's not Valak's true form. Mm-hmm. To watch nine other Conjuring movies, if you want to know, <laughs> what, what does a uh, Valak's true form look like? Like all of the demons in these movies are like demon demons, like just horns. Yeah, like whatever Danzig was drawing in his notebook in like twelfth grade. It's just like that. Okay. And this one also has, I believe, the first appearance of the Ram, which I think is the same. What's the disciples of Ram? Who in Annabelle, the first one, is a family, the Charles Manson like cult Mm -hmm. that kills the neighbors of the 
lady who has the Annabelle doll. Uh, I think that cult is based around the goat demon you see in this movie, which, fun fact, is a cool-looking goat demon. It is a very fucking cool-looking goat (laughs) demon, bro. Very metal. So I'll give you context on why it was so boring for me. I think, uh, well, I know that jump jump scares don't really work on me anymore. Like, it's really rare. Like, maybe this past year, two of them have. So... I napped through your notification <laughs> that, hey, we're going to the 741. I'm like, ah, shit, I missed that one. So I went to the 1021. And mind you, this was opening night, so they were doing showings every 20 minutes. So my theater was completely empty. So it's just me sitting in the middle of a theater <laughs> watching a movie that is relying on jump scares with yeah. nobody to like play off of and nobody to, like I don't know, add color to the experience. So yeah, yeah. It, was, it was bleak. Yeah, because it, yeah, it is absolute gibberish. And then, ugh. Yeah. The thing gets you. So if the thing doesn't get you, I don't think this movie's going to quite work for you. We, our theater just had like a couple, like a, a sprinkling of heads. But Too I think many they were, showtimes. They were like about it, though. Like they yeah. were just shut up and watching the movie. They mm-hmm. weren't screaming and throwing popcorn everywhere. I was dreading that because when we saw Insidious, which is the same movie, um, that was like also all jump scare based. And that was annoying because mm-hmm. it was way too full and way too loud. But uh, yeah, I don't think they're. Um, it's not that I don't think this movie's going to do bad by any means. It's not like oh, there was no one there. There's no one there because they were. There's like showings Showing so every many. fifteen yeah. minutes. I guess they're saying it's it's trending behind uh, projections right now, but so is everything. Right, and I obviously this is one that you just have it sit in theaters during October and hopefully pull up something then mm-hmm. or maybe you'd get people this is like a appetite wetter well now that all the conjuring verse movies are streaming on max again it'll get people into it and maybe they'll, they'll back. <laughs> i don't know they'll be like the nun two what did i miss in the nun one? Oh no there's eight other movies oh my god with that demon they fight in conjuring two is so scary and then i watched the prequel now i want to know what happens after the prequel <laughs> but before the conjuring two but that not counting the conjuring one or annabelle which is a completely separate side thing who were those people at the end of this movie? <laughs> oh, yeah. That was great. <laughs> I think that's how they connected it. to Because it's very thinly. Again, they make the movies. They make a spooky monster. And then they give the spooky monster the trilogy. I don't think they start with some great blueprint or anything like that. Yeah, there's oh. no uh, Bible to this. Isn't that a James Wan thing? You make the movie and they're like, oh, people like this. Go backwards. And that's kind of, Again, <laughs> yeah. another reason why I, I'm a, I'm a pro like Wan. chaotic MCU plot. <laughs> yeah. oh, Start with one. Let's see what happens. Well, that's those, the best way to describe it. <laughs> those, the, they, would, they could take a lesson. They could take a lesson because it's like, hey. Could they? Yes, because Follow of mo- what, what we liked. Yeah, what movies make money? Okay, that movie made money. Well, let's give them more of that. And let's give them something similar to that. And then let's keep going until they stop giving us money and then we'll stop instead of here's 25 movies you're gonna love them all right right <laughs> it's okay. like here's okay. the dates here's the dates for all of them for the next <laughs> oh, five yeah, years so, yeah, so be more flexible in terms of like what yeah, you're making what, okay. what yeah, stuck yeah. oh you yeah. guys really like that nun guy okay well let's sense. give you a movie oh that movie did well well they'll get another movie yeah. like wait till it comes out and then see if they like it instead of being like and then that's going to spin off this thing who gets a solo movie and a TV show, but you have to subscribe to a new subscription service <laughs> to get it. And then that kind of like that roadmap shit is uh, irksome. Um, and that's, you know, to these movies credits, they're very successful, generally speaking. And like, I, like he's got to he's got to be fucking like one of the quietly one of the richest guys in Hollywood. All of his movies make a shitload of money. And he's yeah. just walking around, 
yeah. give a fuck. No one talks. No one talks to him. Yeah. You know what? No one knows. Did you know that? Yeah, no one knows what they actually do, are doing a James Wan uh, streaming platform. All it's just all Wan everything. Mm-hmm. Wan Division. Okay, I could see that. I could see that. You know what I like one about movie his, a day. I get one movie a day. I got another through line in his films that are very present in this film. There, these movies are so aggressively asexual. Like for horror movies too, which That's are notoriously true. very horny. These are the most dehornified movies you'll ever see. No one the, in every everything in horror is like I'm a vampire and I'm sexy or like you know I'm a slasher guy. Ooh, you're gonna run, you girl, girl running, crying, scared. I'm a slasher guy. I'm gonna get you. This shit's just like. There's demons and we got to deal with them. Call the experts. Call my professor. <laughs> like yeah. it's, it is. I'm getting so much insight into James Bond that I've never so, considered. Again, yeah. they're so they are they. And it's why I like you know like hardcore music uh-huh. and even a lot of metal. It's like the only music with guitars that is just not horny. Exactly. <laughs> like, if you want the most the purest most asexual music on the planet, just listen to like. Uniform Choice or right. Youth of Today. It's nothing sexy about it. Yeah. You can't really see even punk music. It's like the New York Dolls or something. That's like, oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, that's image. Yeah. You know, something going on there. But like, yeah, hardcore music, just a bunch of shaved no. head boys running around in a circle, completely asexual. And that's these movies. They're like the hardcore music of horror movies. It's just nothing kinky, just business, which is... Yeah. Ah! <laughs> hey, what's that over there? Look at it closely. Look at it real closely. Open the box. Ah! It's not a sexy succubus demon, and it's not like you know a big, strong, <laughs> sweaty man demon. It's just a toy clown, <laughs> a literal inanimate object doll who does nothing. That gets his own trilogy. <laughs> Bro, these movies are fucking sick. It, this one is kind of weird because it does sort of seem like two different movies. Like the first part of it is all the French stuff and the kids in the boarding school. Just one of those movies where the little girl is seeing uh, weird things and getting trapped in rooms. We aren't supposed dark. to go down into the attic. What yeah. are you scared? Etc. Yeah, locker in the room. Right. And then the nun stuff is happening separately where they're just getting information for their quest. Right, and detective then, stuff. Yeah. Once they finally converge in the uh, the boarding school, then it's like... Then it's on. Then it's a movie. You got a go- you got a da- goddamn goat in a stained glass window that pops out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was howling when uh, the flashlight goes behind and like, oh, the yeah. laser casts down to the floor. That shows you where to get... And that's another weird thing about all these movies. There's like a fixation with objects. There's demons and stuff, but they don't really like, well, this one, they literally, it is very NES game. There's like a floating nun in the room and they have to like chop down all of the wine and then they convert the wine to holy blood. And then that gets the demon. That is so like, you know, a boss fight in Castlevania or something. Castlevania specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Like the floating thing and you have to, yeah. I like that, like when they did it in Constantine. <laughs> oh, just eat, just like when you boss like fights? bless the oh, the okay. the water, yeah, or turn the wine into blood. Because in the first one, spoilers, she beats the demon, quote unquote, by like they put some blood on it and she spits blood at it and it's like oh no i'm dead and this time obviously you have to go bigger so so it's just like waves of wine which is now blood so now waves of blood just splashing on her and then i guess that kills or no just banishes it yeah because she comes back yeah just banishes (laughs) it 
just keeps getting sent back to hell. It's like, ah, these Warrens. So close. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's another thing I, I take from these movies. I'm the, I'm the guy who's just like, this is really a movie about addiction. This is a movie about perversion. This is a movie about closeted sexuality. These, The Nun is a movie about a ghost nun. <laughs> and she's spookier. And that's fucking it. Like, there's zero... T- Again, yeah, you watched, can't, yeah, you can't draw a parallel to anything. I've watched, like, yeah. nine of these movies this week, and there is nothing in any of... Zero subtext. If It is just spookier for spookier's sake. I guess you could reach and stretch and say something about, like, faith, because all that blood stuff is, like, a miracle, and it makes a girl from missing believe... I guess, but it's also, that's not impressive though. Cause it's like, I don't believe in miracles. And then you see a literal miracle happen. It's like, oh, well, I guess yeah, I do. So, that's literal versus like an actual, like, yeah, so that's like the opposite yeah. of faith. I guess she's just looking for Proof. empirical evidence and yeah, then yeah. receives yep. empirical evidence. A not, a, right. not exactly. That demon almost poked that little girl's eyes out. Yeah. Yep. That demon fucking stabbed this girl. And yeah. like made a girl fucking fly into the air, bro. What can we do to kill it? <laughs> so not quite a character arc, exactly. So uh, we we got our do we have our say on the nun two? Easily the nun two is is it get thee to a nunnery or is it um are are you going to uh, out out damn spot? Yeah, or is it uh, uh, live a life of sin? Not watching the movie. Um, I'll I'll say get thee to an entry. I'm a convert. I'm a recent convert. I I like these. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I like these stupid fucking movies. I like to just watch movies where things happen on screen and there's no point to any of it. It's just gibberish. It's just digital noise happening in front of your eyeballs. Uh, if you like that kind of movie with like that, like really takes itself seriously and isn't you know playing around and and is really in love with itself uh the nun two qualifies i'm i am a plus a okay this is my kind of this, this is a kind of horror movie that i enjoy a boring and stupid <laughs> one i'll go to the nunnery they seem cool all the nuns and uh you can just leave the nunnery whenever you want because that's what storm did and <laughs> like followed uh what's her name irene but um I like these movies. This the nuns specifically out of this Conjuring verse are pretty like slow. They're not the best of the Conjuring verse either. So like, if you're looking to dabble, just do them all. Just watch all of them. You're looking to dabble, watch every single film. <laughs> yeah, in its entirety. You say that like somebody that has watched every single film within the last week. I did for sure see all the Conjurings before and Annabelle creation before. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that they were all connected, though. Yeah. It's fine. You can watch them in whatever order you want. Doesn't, none of this matters. <laughs> no. I'd, they, see, I'd seen most of them, and I'd forgot them. They save the best shit for the, the mainline the conjuring. Conjurings. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's, the, that's them playing with their A game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll have none of that. How about you, Dylan? I'll go to the Donuttery dude. It's pretty good. Uh, I like that one shot where they show... Uh, uh, Valak takes her final form and it's just like you don't see her face and it's just the white light behind her that was a good shot I'm not gonna lie <laughs> I looked really sick um, that's it it's a good movie what uh, what other movies did we see this week <laughs> well the next thing we saw was uh, My Big Fat Greek Wedding 3 the third and maybe the last in the saga <laughs> but for now we're just gonna call this one a trilogy uh, you know it's a romantic-ish comedy Follows our favorite <laughs> Greek family, the 
you know, the Portogalos. Okay. You know, going to Greece for a reunion of sorts. Good pronunciation. I respect it. Thank you. That was set for Tula, who's played by Nia Vardalos, who also directed this and written the movie. Oh, wow. she, Tula's the, the, the main, main girl. The main lady. The, the head of the household or the one that everyone likes? Who's the one that they say? Yeah, way to jump ahead I'm of your favorite. Huh? No, not her. Okay. No, no, no. Who's she? Tula's the main. Yeah, Tula's the main okay. lady that gets married in the first film. I, oh, yeah. Who's the, <laughs> who's the cool one, though? What's her name? Yeah. I'll let you figure it out while Dylan yeah. continues. Anywho, this is her first time directing any of these films. Um, her, fir- her first time directing anything? Uh, no, it was like what she directed other films. Okay. But in the big My Big Fat series. Yes. It's her first one. They finally handed her the ball. It yes. might be her last. We don't know. This is could just be a trilogy. Well, not her last movie, no, but no, no, her no. last I mean, of in the, the series, big fat. in the saga. In yeah. the my man Aristotle would beg to differ. <laughs> anyway, the invitation for the reunion goes out to Tula's father, Gus, who uh, in the film passed away because the actor in real life passed away. Okay. Michael Constantine. But uh, before he passed away, I guess Gus asked Tula to uh, give the journal that he's been writing to his childhood friends from Greece. Thus, this reunion would uh, get her to bring the journal to his friends. But along the way, Colin and everyone else to Greece, in Greece, some some plans go awry and, uh, you know, chaos ensues. (laughs) And then there's subplot. Yeah, there's a lot of subplot. There (laughs) There are entire, like, 10 second scenes that where they got a location, they got the crew, they set up lights, they fucking <laughs> color corrected everything just to make one joke, and then they moved on. And it had nothing to do with. I them. don't know. I think they. I think they went on a spree, and then yeah. in post were like, "We got this scene, we got Pepper that scene, this. we got this scene. Let's do some ADR. This is very ADR'd out." Um, yeah, like they're not even looking at the camera to say some lines, bro. Yeah, that's what, what are they, B-roll. That's what they call it. No, when they, I'm just saying, like, there's just like, there's just like. Uh, there's some parts where it's just one location. It appears for four seconds just to make one joke about being Greek, and then they move right. on. Or the yeah, like when they're sightseeing. Yes, that's where the actors are in for sure. Well, there's also like you know, like just visiting the monk, you know, stuff yes. like that. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. Just it's just like like there's there's I counted like five where it's like the joke has nothing to do with like the Anything. the plot whatsoever, yeah. and it's just like I'm just I'm just thinking about the crew having to like set up everything. And only for four seconds of footage that really, if you if you cut out of the movie, it'd have nothing. Yeah, you know, it'd be fine. Did the quote unquote monk uh, that storyline ever get tied up? Yeah, the monk gave a piece of information to about the... how to find the the childhood friends. It was right, but it was really subtle, and it was mainly about making a joke about uh, I, don't, I don't remember. But it wasn't that the it wasn't like he was a ghost the whole time or anything like no. that no, there was he wasn't crazy no there, yeah there, he, he literally was like oh you're looking for these three guys they live over here yeah he doesn't show up at like the party at the end well, we don't know that he no been i there. look for him because i wanted to see yeah. like if I, I, there was like a, yeah a few of those scenes where i wanted to see if they paid off in any way <laughs> no and they didn't yeah. <laughs> he's a monk what do you want and then there's the uh <laughs> well there, yeah because the, the i guess the punchline or what the chaos is it so called is that they show up to the town where the reunion's at but it's like a ghost town this is this is the to me this was the dumbest part of the movie the stream had dried up because there was a rock slide <laughs> yeah and so when everyone gets there they move the rocks out of the way one by one then the water can come down and thus they'll have running water and thus they can have a town again 
And they could it's have a marriage. It's not like they have running. They don't I have know. running water. <laughs> I'm just saying that's a. Well, the, the pageantry comes back. That was one of those loose ends. That you was, needed more help. Loose they, they explain yeah. that there's only six people, and I yeah. guess all of them are. So old. the community comes together right. and they revitalize the land. Well, wasn't it the family? Like the the reunion hasn't happened yet. It's just the family that does it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. But they show up and they're like, paying attention. I need some hands. Yeah. It's 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 a subplot of the film is that the town is a ghost town. It's a ghost town because a handful of rocks, which are demonstrably movable by six people, <laughs> has blocked the stream. What could I even one? <laughs> it was like an old lady. I know. I don't. I'm. I'm dumb. I'm not gonna fucking get, try to hold this goddamn get, movie. Get in the too. weeds with this movie. Listen, <laughs> she moved it, and then they're like, "That's the start of a new era, bro." Yeah. yeah. We can we can fill this town, and they say this in the movie. This isn't me being a weirdo. They're like, ah, we'll we'll in, we'll make the town a place where all the Syrian refugees can come, and uh, that's why that's what they're gonna do. Are they Ukrainian? I think they said Syrian. Syrian for the because uh, the, 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 the girl is I know yeah no, really got yeah but like yeah but oh, yeah, they wanted to open up the town for other. They refugees. just said whoever whatever yes. refugees yeah. because the girl is Syrian, but the. Old lady and bread to the Ukrainians yes. who are on somewhere else, right? Not interested in living in some yeah. dry ass town without a stream <laughs> running through it. mountain. But Oops. since six people have moved it and made this stream run, now Syrians get in here. So they go. They go to Greece. She goes there to hand the journal to her deceased dad's friends. But the friends are nowhere to be found because the town is a ghost town. So they have to go on a hunt to try to find these guys. And meanwhile, they're like, uh, isn't there supposed to be a reunion? And this wacky character, is her name Liberty? Yeah. Victory? Victory. There we go. Um, The mayor. Yes. They're like, did you get RSVP? No. So the whole time they're like, no one's coming to this reunion. It's just us hanging out at this village. Of course, you know, last minute. A million people show up. Apparently, they all got the invitation, but decided to go at like nine p.m. instead of like the whole day. Is or that, is that like a Greek joke? Like, oh, you know how Greeks are. We never RSVP. No, no, no. It was the Fatone family that went and rounded people up. He, the Fed, the Fed, the Fatonis. They just got the family friends. Yeah, they but got I think the that I think they get the family friends. But, that, get but then they get contacted their people. That was what was implied to me. Yeah, that's what all I right. think. Right? Yeah, 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 I'll take it. But either way. Yeah. No, Greek people be sleeping on planes, dog. I oh, know yeah. That much. They just like get on the plane, recline the seat, <laughs> and then they're out. That is a, I feel like that is a deep cut ethnic stereotype that I, I was not we privy no to idea. before this film started. <laughs> this is the, the weirdest thing, like, because these movies could just be misinformation. Yeah, I guess if you don't <laughs> live like among... have to be, right? you don't live among the Greeks, you You'd would have know. have no idea. But you have to assume that Greeks like these movies. I don't think they, like, there's picket, there's, like, uh, what do they call it, protests, like, stop showing this racially insensitive film. Like, the, the Greeks like these films, that's why there's... Three of them. Tom Hanks produced this movie for no reason. Henry, his wife, yeah. <laughs> Is he Greek? That's a great question. Yeah. You have to ask chat. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they're ethnically white boy. That is true. They yes. Are, they're all white boys. Bro, they should have called this big fat Greek wedding three white boys summer. <laughs> I, I, I know a lot of Greek people, and, and I don't recall any of them ever wearing Greek merch or having Greek... 
Did Suitcases you, are always wearing blue and white to everything. Did you go on a plane with them before? I have. <laughs> they fall asleep immediately? No. Okay, so then we don't it's know. It's fucking weird. Maybe it's not a Greek thing. Maybe it's just this one family. Well, it's because they're not Greek enough. Oh, enough, right? Yeah. yeah. They all I, uh, live in the Greek community and run a Greek restaurant. Right, right. I can say this, though. At my screening, which I just got out of, every joke hit, and there was... the. The two scenes where things are revealed, like one being that she has a brother, and I forget what the second one was, but every everybody gasped. They went, "Oh, <gasps> that's so cool!" <laughs> it was heavy. Uh, yeah, I mean, this the the OG was like a cultural phenomenon. I feel like when the first movie Big came time. out, I was like not really tuned into movies, and that move I knew about that movie. It was a smasher. Justine, you're a, you're ahead, right? I love that movie. All right, yeah, it's funny. Love. Sure. I haven't seen it in like That's 10 strong. years. Whatever. But yeah, but from what I remember, it's funny. There's a lot of like characters. Uh, so oh, I looked it up. The lady that you were trying to think of, the aunt, she plays Aunt Vula. Vula. There we go. How could I possibly confuse that? Andrea Martin. Uh, apparently she was in Hedvig and the Angry Inch. <laughs> oh. I have no idea what she did in it. All right. But um, yeah, yeah, it just gives you a bunch of characters, which are funny and kind of like lovable characters. And it's like, it's a good time. There's not really anything crazy or sad. It's like a, they're like, they're very sweet films. Yeah. And not, just, the humor isn't mean spirited. They're not yeah, kicking people funny. in the balls or anything. It is a very lighthearted movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so this one was kind of like lame because it wasn't creative. <laughs> it felt like they had very little to work with and they stretched a lot. Yeah. I mean, we, we all want to champion this 90 minute movie thing. You watch a movie like this and it's like, Maybe 60 minutes, because there's, there, there's a lot of uh, landscapes and trips and, yeah, ADRs and you repeated know, but, gags. Like, um, to Brent's point, I it almost feels like it was longer, and they cut mm -hmm. a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And that maybe it just didn't play well or right. something, and they just left in what were very dry jokes still, so I don't know what... <laughs> I don't want the extended cut. There's also, I mean, there's Release just like, the Snyder yes. cut of my Big Fat Greek Wedding 3. I would actually, that's weird. I would I would watch that to see yeah, what was cut. Because there's like, the cuts were really strange to me. But I don't know. There's also just this aspect of, like I said, every joke hit. They loved everything. They were legitimately shocked at the reveals. And I was just, I guess, having like an existential crisis going, I will never, I, 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 I was trying to figure out if I aspire to like, relate on that level where it's just like yeah this is so funny and i can't believe that she has a brother during this i was like shit i, I wish this was funny to me and it just wasn't i feel like maybe if you were like 60 when the first movie came out and now you are in your <laughs> mid 70s okay it might hit a little different like you might be a little bit more invested i don't know like i said that first movie it had a stranglehold on people it could be like that these are just to just I mean, I mean, credit the first one's better yeah well, like for, yeah. quite a bit this this is this feels heavily like we went on vacation and filmed it. And it felt like, okay, there was a minute too where I, it felt like when a band tries to make a movie, you know what I mean? Like the scenarios where right. it's just like, we just get from scene to scene just so we can play some music. Or maybe it's like, you know, our drummer is a crazy guy. So yeah. fans of our music who already know our lore are going to love thing. seeing this guy be crazy. So maybe if you're deep in this world, you're like, oh, they... Joe, no, Joey Fatone didn't. I can't believe it. It felt like Foo Fighters Studio 666, which I watched after we did that episode. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I can appreciate, like, well-crafted wholesomeness. I can't connect to it in any way because I'm uh, fucking, I'm built different, you know? Like, I'm darkness. There's, like, a demon inside of me. Like, 
I Valk? fucking I scare myself sometimes. <laughs> I'm just real like that. So yeah, I I can't. I think earnestly was, connect to this in any kind well, of way. It felt like okay, yeah, wholesome is great. I I can connect to that at times, but uh, it just felt like it wasn't grounded in anything really. Because like you said, like I just like the Greeks I know don't really act like that. So I was like, I don't know what this is. It's grounded in the Greek fat fat Greek wedding verse. Yeah, it's <laughs> its know, own they all kind act of logic. the way that they act, you know. Yeah. It's like watching a cartoon. Like you don't expect it to actually have to do with, you know, real people or anything. And I was thinking that I don't know of what's like a comedy that's lighthearted, not mean spirited, good time comedy that we've seen. Since we've been doing this? Yeah. Like going to the theater and being able right. to just watch not an R rated thing, not a you know, I don't know, based on a comic or I mean, like, game or something house just like party was like that was too r-rated yeah right? too r-rated P- taking like a my taking my comedy. grandma taking my mom you know something like that where you One, just walk uh, in with and it's like maniscalco was that no ticket to paradise that was pretty ticket to paradise boom yeah okay yeah all Same of these thing. all these are all vacations <laughs> they're all getting getting yeah. familiar faces to go on vacation yeah but that's what I'm and saying. Like, it's kind of a breath of fresh air. Not in that it's good because it isn't, but like, here's something that you're not seeing very much of. Yeah, and I can I can appreciate that as like filling a void. Well, what about eighty for Brady? That would that's that's pretty. I was thinking about kind. senior cinema when I was watching. It. I was like, what is this missing that yeah. made me connect with those other ones so it much? Stronger? Needs to be twenty to thirty more years of the main character. What's th- missing? Because <laughs> I, uh, I think that, but the jokes were just funnier. Because you know, there was to, it was more than one note. I think with I think with the the senior cinema, you need to have there's like a a, a pinch of like I am too old for this shit or like yeah. I don't care. So there's a kind of a, not like a meanness, but kind of a grumpiness to it. That's yeah. that a lot of the humor comes from in those movies. But just shy and, of going over the line on grumpiness for eighty for Brady and. Um, Maybe she, maybe I will, or whatever the one was. I'm just saying, there's not the, you. You lack that kind of like I'm over the hell. Who gives a damn? You know, you you miss yeah. the, that's not really present in this movie because that's not the kind of movie they're doing. This is a it's a family. Something. Although they some, do they do yell at every woman for being too old. Yeah, they yeah. they they like that. Um, they like food. They like to eat. Greeks do be doing that. Hey, they do of, be sleeping. They do be sleeping and eating. <laughs> yeah. this, this was the first movie that I snuck a burrito into, and uh, it was the perfect movie to do it for because it opens with so many food scenes. Right, right. So I wasn't hungry, and it's nice. Fucked up not going falafel wrap, but I'm not yeah. one to judge. I was starving. <laughs> oh, yeah, somehow, because we watched The Nun, and then we're just like, fuck it, Greek weddings after this. Let's go right into that. But I was like, starving. <laughs> yeah. We were hungry when the nun started, and then we doubled down and went <laughs> and watched And then this. the first thing they do is show you plates of food. Yeah, and it being prepared. And like, yeah, it's all shot beautifully, you know? Pretty funny. Yeah. So I don't, I, I don't know. Are we going to say I do? Or uh, do you want a divorce? <laughs> so we should say, yeah. my big fat Greek wedding, there is a wedding in it. A, yes. Uh, technically related to the family, right? They find out later, but it's kind of funny because you're like, "Where is the wedding gonna cut? Co- Why is it still called my big fat Greek wedding?" But they they sneak one in there. Then yeah. boom, you got you got weddinged. Yes, I was yeah. crazy when they popped up and said that. I was getting I was giving the movie props right after. I was like, I'm glad they just kept it with wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like the first one, perfect. <laughs> Second one. They have a kid. That's the whole plot of that film. They have a teenager. <laughs> now this one, there's another wedding. <laughs> Just like 
crowbarred in there. <laughs> but like a wedding happened. Yeah. Like hey, spontaneously. You can't dude. say they lied about a wedding happening. Yeah. It goes from borderline xenophobia to just here, give me a hug. You're yeah. getting married. So I was like, they could have called the last one like my big fat Greek fam. Yeah. My big yeah. fat Greek vacation. Ah, dude. The weddings, bro. <laughs> wedding saga. What's the what's the meat? Does meet the fo- oh yeah meet, meet the fuckers meet the parents that meet the parents and then little, little and then meet, meet the, the fuckers because now you meet Ben Stiller's mm-hmm. family yes then meet uh, the little fuckers is Ben Stiller's Gaylord Fockers family yeah uh, how would uh, how would uh, your Filipino aunt pronounce that last <laughs> film Dylan the title of it <laughs> long time listeners will know this yeah uh, if, you're, if you're a fan uh, if you've been listening for a long time you'll know how this is but I'll say it again uh, when the little fuckers were coming out in theaters my uh, aunt who is a uh, Filipino uh, from the Philippines was like <laughs> randomly i think we were like at a super bowl game like at the house or something and the commercial came on and she was like you guys gonna watch the little fuckers <laughs> with all sincerely like she is not one to curse she doesn't drink or anything at all she's just a really nice woman it just goes you guys gonna watch the little fuckers <laughs> and I, to this day it's the funniest thing i've ever heard my dream my, my dream band name is little fuckers and then our demo is going to be called meet the fuckers <laughs> And that's the funniest thing I can have ever existed in my mind. I'll never do. Be blank. I'll buy it. I'm never gonna do anything with that. Yeah. I'm just saying it now for posterity. It's your idea, little fuckers. <laughs> you can put a Z at the end of it. I don't care. <laughs> Anyways, but yeah. So those, those those that's an example of a franchise pivoting when it stops being about meeting or the parents yeah but they're able to make more of them they just change it yeah kind of like you know the conjuring and the nun yeah not conjuring five the nun yeah this is like you know this this installment was like the twist it's like man when's the wedding gonna happen how's it gonna happen boom wedding you got wedding i would have just assumed the reunion would have just happened yeah they could have taken out the whole wedding aspect i would have been happy <laughs> yeah they could have right is, yeah. it a, is it a big fat greek wedding it's technically a... <laughs> it takes place at the same time as the reunion so there's yeah. a lot of people there. the reunion's big the yeah. wedding is very small <laughs> they could bind it celebration was fat though yeah was... i dare say absolutely none of this film matters does it matter if the guy's childhood friends who are on death's door themselves get a <laughs> journal i am curious if this journal has been mentioned before <laughs> it wasn't because i just watched all three in a row you know yeah. and why did they why does it need to go to his friends has he been talking to these friends are they supposed to split the journal there's three yeah, guys they're all reading all together hold yeah. up and then and then who is aristotle is just like a, a fix fixer upper he works for the aunt yeah she obviously knows that they knew each other. Yeah, they went on a date once. Well, they hooked up. Yeah. They they were they they got match.com like they said mm-hmm. we are better than match.com. Better than a dating. I app. think that I think yeah. that falls under the the Greeks be so dot 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 like <laughs> yeah, like, you know how Greek aunts be, they always be trying to Every hook single you one up. of them, man. Yeah, I think it falls under that level of humor, mm-hmm. I suppose. But this is all to say none of this matters. No. <laughs> I liked it, man. It was a good film. So you're saying you do? Um, no, I'm, I I think I'll get a divorce, honestly. Like, I, I can respect... I know what you're saying. Like, it's nice to see a nice movie. It's nice when people are nice on screen and no one's, like, farting or, you know, sh- shitting their pants or they something. They just shave their ear hair every morning. Yeah, you know, it's 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 not naughty, gross-out, yucko humor, but it's also... A, it, it's just, yeah, my heart and soul is just too blackened. I'm too real. I'm different. I'm built different. 
I'm built too different for this. I'm a this. weirdo. I'm a Baloney. weirdo. I'm unusual. I'm crazy. And uh, yeah, I'm, I, this one's too saccharine for me. What I the hell am I doing here? I can't. I can't. Uh, couldn't vibe with it. Yeah, I don't know. Uh-oh. I am straight down the middle with this. Like, I don't particularly care. A lot of the acting is bad. A lot of the jokes are kind of like, they're just rehashings of jokes that you've seen in the previous movie, just kind of told again. And so it's a little played out. But I know some people really like it because, again, it's like it's lighthearted. It's kind of sweet, even if it doesn't have a very good story or anything. So I don't know. I'll leave it at the altar. Wow. <laughs> I'll like plan the wedding. Okay. And stuff. <laughs> okay. Get, get cold feet at the end. All right. Um, I'm happy for the masses because they got another one. You know, like they fucking love this movie. Like every other person that was in the theater side for me, it's a me problem. Yeah. You know what I mean, it's, it's like that's the only that. way I can look at it because if the idea of making this movie is to make a large amount of people laugh, they got it, you know, and they've got it three times now. Good for them. But um, I don't know how much money it's made. And I, I don't necessarily think it's made for like everybody. I think it's just made for big fat Greek wedding fans. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know of the world to have been clamoring for yeah, more Greek so. wedding. I think it's not really that pitched for everyone. It's just pitched for the fans. Yeah. True words have never been spoken. <laughs> pitched for the fans, the big fat Greek wedding movies. Yeah. You know what I heard? about um why how this movie was kind of made uh the the director or the lady was like yeah i've been like vic- I, this is like a video mind you everyone was watching was scrolling <laughs> what do you call it doom scrolling <laughs> and like a little ad came up for uh the big big fat greek wedding and it's like a little, oh i've it, seen i've already seen that movie i'll watch the ad for this <laughs> yeah well for the third one for the third one <laughs> On a Zoom call, and she's like, "Well, I've I've been vacationing on and off at Greece for like a long time now, for years, and I just was like, why don't we just make a movie here? Like, and then uh, we, I made the movie, and we it's like, oh shit, no way. So this was like a true a true vacation film, uh, blissfully unaware that the Equalizer three was made for the same reason. Yeah. <laughs> that Ticket to Paradise was just made for the same reason. It's a whole genre, I think, of films. Yeah, like. see, but I think this this set of cast members probably would never just go to Greece to film a movie. <laughs> so she's like, all right, everyone, let's get on a plane. <laughs> Joy Fatone, you're going to Greece. Dylan, what do you, what do you think? You know, honestly, as a fan um, of these movies, I liked it. Again, it's just bright. There's the sun's out most of the time with the movie. Um, but that's what, you know, people don't give these films enough credit. They are well lit. Yeah, this I'm saying. I'm like, damn, the sun's out. There's a beautiful blue sky. That's a great point. This yeah, is... the the water. There's there's no ocean, whatever, or what? I don't know, ocean. What do you call that? The sea. The sea. Yeah. Anyway, like the film. Um, you know what? It needed more of. Go I, on. It, they showed it for five seconds. Guns. Goat. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Needed, needed more goat 100%. humor. Bro. This is why. This is why we we come to you, Dylan. Thank you. Um, anyway, all the farm I, animals were very nice to look at. I'm not Greek. Everyone listening, I'm not Greek. Don't have an ounce of blood in me. But as a Filipino, <laughs> huh? No blood. <laughs> There's no blood of Greeks in me. Oh, in general, not one. I am a Dracula that needs that is very thirsty. Um, <laughs> as a Filipino Mexican descent, I will say in the Filipino world, we share a lot of common grounds. You better watch your fucking back, Greeks. 
is the Filipino <laughs> cinema is going to come up. Oh, there's not a my big fat Filipino wedding. I don't wedding. know. I'll, uh, the I'll wedding hustler. It. I'll write <laughs> it. My big fat Filipino wedding. Okay. In I don't space. think they would like the word fat in the title, but <laughs> big. P-H-A-T? Yeah, you're right. Okay. Ooh, P-H, because, yeah, okay, yeah. fair. It'd be a good movie. Yeah, I'll write it. In space. Hollywood. In space. What other movies did we see? In space. Well, Colin, as you know, sadly, I didn't, wasn't able to watch this film. But the other movie on the docket is Aristotle and Dante's Discover the Secrets of Life. And it's a, I hear it's a coming-of-age film. That's an adaptation of a young adult book from 2012, right? You read it? Front to back. Yeah. <laughs> just, to, just to remind me what is the title of the film that it's based on? Or the book? Is, isn't it just called no, I think it's a, I think it's a completely different name. It's the same name. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, my bad. Yeah, it's exactly. I thought oh it was di- I thought it was based yeah, on something else. There's a sequel that is a different title, though. A sequel to the book? Yes. What's the secret to the book called? Like... They go in the water or something. They love the water. Aristotle, there's the water. A, whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm sorry. There's <laughs> Dante an Ari- and Aristotle way of water. They go in the water. Hold on, I don't, I don't know. Like, they, they came in the woods. I'm down for like them. Mermaids to, or something. I'm down for them to just go on various adventures like the Hardy Boys. Aristotle and Dante dive into the waters of the world. <laughs> Woo! That's a title. <laughs> yeah. God damn. And these are the only two books so far. Yeah, that okay. one just came out last. No, 2021, the sequel. Dude. Yeah, Colin, give it time, man. That's hard. Yeah. Anyways. Anyway, sorry. Uh, so, well, Dylan, you didn't see the movie, so I'll... Well, what do you, what do you know the movie to be? Uh, Well, just a coming-of-age film. Okay. I know well, what'd you think of it? What would I think of it? What would you think of it? Well, from everything I've seen, yeah. I think I would have liked it. Yeah? Yeah, I, I mean, agree. like... I watched the trailer, sadly. That's like the only bits of information that I have mm-hmm. anything for this film, sadly. And I was like, damn it. I, I, could, seen it. I could tell you that it takes place in El Paso, Texas, mm-hmm. 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, is the, I, wait, which one's... Aristotle is the main boy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he's uh, he is not like the other boys. He makes it... There's a lot of... Uh, narration? Narration. So he's narrating his own story, kind of. And he's just like, I don't get, a, I'm not like all these other guys. They just want to hang out with girls and I don't want to have, I don't want to. He's a loner. He's a loner. He's a weirdo. Little Holden Caulfield there, you know, classic uh, loner type, right? It's a little heavy handed in tone of the film, but I, I kind of like that he was like, I see the world as like this place where you need to prove yourself as a man with violence. And my brother is in jail because he did some violent shit and it's important to my family not to be like that. So rather than try to, you know, climb some social hierarchy by fighting with other boys, I'm going to just kind of do my own thing. And so he's a little bit on his own with this one until he meets Dante and they, uh, they hit it off because Dante is also not like the other boys. Um, he's like kind of a little snooty from like kind of a, like a rich, rich family, but they're professors at college, right? So, you know, he's a little bit more erudite, not the word, sure. bougie. Not bougie, erudite, educated, all that kind of shit. And so as they uh, get to know each other, um, there's the, there, there's like a romantic tension between them, a will they, won't they, if you will. Um, and as, and at some point Dante, or he saves, the, the Aristotle saves Dante from getting hit by a car in the rain. He's trying to like save a duck. A bird. A bird. Dante is trying to save a bird from getting hit. Regular and then a car just whips around the corner and is about to hit him. And uh, Aristotle pushes him out of the way, hospitalizing himself, but saving Dante. So 
but now there's a life debt owed. And pretty much immediately after the Dante kid, he's like, ah, my family's got to go to Chicago for the... For a year because his dad has, yeah. a, has a job. And so then, and it, this, this is kind of awkward because it switches from like, I'm a, I'm different from all the other boys. And then the, it switches from that into him reading the letters that he's getting to and from uh, Dante. And so, I don't know, there's like voiceover clash, sort of. But the, essentially, once he's away, Dante's kind of like, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm gay. And um, anyways, I miss you, dude. And um, yeah, there's some kind of awkwardness. Because I got the sense that like Aristotle was just like not really ready for any kind of... Relationship. Rom- yeah, any, that you know, of a sexual nature or whatever. He just seemed like a late bloomer, as they say. He's in high school. He seems like he's not ready. And uh, Dante's very much so ready. And he's he wants to kiss boys really bad. So he comes back to El Paso, and uh, Aristotle's like, I'm not really into kissing boys. And he's like, uh, you should be into kissing boys. And he kind of pressures them a little bit. And then they kiss. But um, the, the Aristotle kid, he's just like, I don't like it. Get out of my car. F you. You're a freak. But this was after, like, through the letters and stuff. He was like, you're, we're still going to be friends, right? And he's like, of course. It yeah. doesn't matter to me. Dante was kind of pushing it. Some would say he was in the wrong to kind of push it the way he was, but he was pushing it and he got some pushback on it. But then uh, Dante starts kissing other boys and which leads to him kissing them in front of uh, other boys and the other boys beat him up for it and he gets beat up and he's in the hospital and Aristotle needs to get revenge on the people that put him, that beat him up and Long story short, he realizes that they should have been kissing, and then he gets the Dante gets out of the hospital, hospital and they kiss like for real, though. Yeah, this time, <laughs> I mean, you don't see the lips touching each other, it's kind of shot from behind, it's like not like you know, anyways, very, very, very light kiss. And then they're hanging out with each other, and they, they see the universe in their hands because you can do that, and then credits, boom. And that's the, that's the whole movie. Wait, what do you mean they see the universe it on the hands? It's the weirdest Glad thing. Glad you asked. They shoehorn I, in I leave the floor to, I, I give the floor to you. So, okay. First half of the movie, I really liked it because I think like what Justine was alluding to with uh, Big Fat Greek Wedding, it's like wholesome, you know, in, in, a, in a weird way or in a, in a way that is more palatable to me anyway. So I was like, I was really enjoying the first half. I'm like, oh, this is cool. And having just come off of that movie, Jules, I was like, oh, there might not be conflict, which would be nice. It's just, just like a sweet tale. But then, yeah, then they introduce like traditional conflict. And then they just kind of put some CG in when they're laying in a truck. And one of them holds up his hand and just the universe is in it. Yeah, like a Marvel movie like or something. Like a galaxy, like, yeah. you know, sparkling. <laughs> so it literally yeah. ends with them discovering the secrets of the, like this. You can see the universe in your hands. Like it looks like a gift, like floating in his yeah. hand. And it's almost <laughs> like at the last minute, they just, they remembered what the title of the, the book was. And like, oh, let's do the, how are we going to do the universe, guys? Let's just put it in a guy's hand? Yeah, go. No problem. So it was like a weird, they didn't stick the landing, I, I would say. Which doesn't mean the movie wasn't enjoyable. It was for like a big portion of it, but then it just kind of got um, a little heavy-handed. No pun intended. At, at you know the maybe like the halfway point, like it got increasingly more heavy-handed and conventional and just kind of clunky. At least for me, I don't know. What, what was your experience? Well, I think it's. I mean, there's bad writing. <laughs> like yeah, there's, there's a lot of bad there's, writing. There's right. There's bad writing where it's like, oh, this is just you. You. You're this. Maybe you're pretentious or. You're kind of yeah. like missing the mark. You're not as smart as you think you are. 
And then there's like, well, you're you are literally telling a children's story. So like, you know, if you see clunky dialogue in like uh, an actual cartoon for children, you don't think think like in contrast to the first half. I like the first. I think the I think pretty quickly off the gate with like the um, voiceovers and stuff. It's like. You know what? It's like a like a like a A twenty four filter. You know, it's like yeah, has yeah. like a little like a diet A twenty four coming of age thing, and it's a little bit of clunkiness. Sure. And then I'm like, oh, but it's pretty. But I bought its baseline. You know what I mean? I was like, well, yeah, yeah, fine, like, I'm in. I'll, I guess, I'm, I'm sitting here. You know, if this was like an A twenty four movie and it had like a bunch of like critical praise or something, I'd be like calling bullshit on it. But I think it's pretty quickly revealed to be like for teenagers in general. Even in like the description, you know, it's like it stresses young adult. And when you told me what time we're seeing it, I just replied with young adult. Yeah. Like, let's go, you know. Okay. So if it's if it's supposed to be like a serious film, it's pretty bad. But if it's for teenagers and it's young adult, like I can't put it up against those same kind of standards, to which case it's like, okay, yeah, this is a this is fine for what it is, Mm -hmm. I guess I would say. And yeah, I guess I just know this to it's it's it, it it's yaoi. It's uh it is there's it is romance between boys made pretty much explicitly for a female audience. It's huge in anime and manga and stuff and like it's it's huge in Japan and obviously like a lot of stuff with anime it's like has western audience too. Um but do we know that this is proper yaoi? <sighs> I mean, I mean <laughs> it checks all the boxes, I'll okay. say that all much. Right. Got it. Like it's I don't think it's like on the back of the book or anything. Right. Yeah. yeah. Y- young Yowie. <laughs> yeah. And in a weird way, if you we were to kind of backdoor that kind of genre into mainstream film going audiences, this is kind of the way you would do it. And I think the way those stories work and the way this story works kind of operate similarly. Cause like I said, it's not it is a PG thirteen film. There are some overdub freakins and yeah. <laughs> all yeah. that. And you know, somewhat credit to the MPAA for uh, getting catching up with the times because it used to be you had any gay stuff in your movie, you were just R. Didn't matter. Dang, good point. Yeah. Didn't matter. Like I think, yep. but I'm a cheerleader was the like classic example. There's no nudity. There is like barely kissing. It is just about gay people, and they gave it an R just out the gate. So people under seventeen should not know about that. Yeah. <laughs> so this is so to their credit, this can include teen audiences in that sense, and it's very ungraphic it's very pg-13 and i guess it's like i don't know an episode of riverdale or something i i, I don't know there mm. again i think it makes a lot more sense as like uh if you are to have to choose between ya or lgbt <laughs> i think it fits a lot more in the in the ya camp i don't know i just didn't get the sense that it was made for gay people if that makes any kind of sense got, well that's where I, where I think definitely I got, not gay adults that's where i think it got heavy-handed at the end is like yeah it starts off ya and then it just goes almost exclusively into the lgbt realm yeah because it's like they, they get you know it's a persecution story right exactly you get beat up and yeah that's always you know what is it selling uh selling tragedy you know mm-hmm. and that's also why you have to put it in the 80s because first of all you could just be facetiming if it was a modern story yeah. and you still need to have that you know violent homophobia be uh convincing i guess yeah um so that's why it's in the 80s yeah. um, which also seems like kind of hacky because <laughs> that's, like, that's what i'm saying yeah, yeah. like I that's don't... yeah that's why i kind of split it up i was like i you know up to this point yeah i was with you because i thought it was gonna be like a sweet tale but yeah. i don't know i th- again i much like my big fat greek wedding three <laughs> i don't think i'm the target audience for yeah, this but i think even still it's just like it, this one had more tonal inconsistencies than uh 
big fat Greek wedding for sure. A lot of the romantic movies that have come out um, recently have, that have worked for me have been like with two gay men as leads. I'm oh, like, maybe, yeah. Maybe this is how you get me into a romance movie is just have uh, two, have it be just two gay guys. I don't know why that works. That's easier for me to take than, you know, just the same shit you see a million times, just mm-hmm. a lady and a guy looking at each other. You mean the world to me. That kind of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe it'll work in that regard. And it pretty quickly didn't. There was a period where I wasn't even sure that it was going to be was like they were going to hook up. Because like I said, there was pretty heavy undertones. But it was like, maybe they're just homies. I don't know. <laughs> it's just very like I thought that for yeah. romantic, I guess you would say. Yeah. And they're like, oh, that would be interesting if they never really connect. Or even if it's just a one sided thing. And uh, uh, Aristotle's just cool with Dante being that way, and uh, nothing ever happens. Of it it felt set up that way that they like Aristotle was just gonna always be straight, and that'd be the, the quote unquote conflict is just like Dante is in love with them. Yeah, they have to like learn how to become you know platonic friends or something like that. But no, they yeah ended up making Aristotle gay too. And I think that's why I say it leans more YA is because there's not really room for that kind of ambiguity, or it needs to be so such a clean cut romance story and that's yeah. kind of what it is and that's sort of where what uh, kind of made me i don't know lose interest they got me going down a path because at that pool scene they're really quip quippy and witty you yeah. know and i was like oh, okay these guys are funny i like that but then it kind of just got more conventional as it went yeah and there's all again just a, a, a alternate universe where this could just be uh you know rosencrantz and guildenstern are dead and they just yeah. these two t- like just meet up and start Having funny dialogue, but I don't think they are good enough at writing no. dialogue. And again, it's just not, that's not what they want to see the boys kiss. They want a lot of build up to it and they want tension and they want all that kind of stuff. And then they get to see the boys kiss and it's fun. It's fun to them. They want to watch it. So let them watch it. It's fine. I don't need to make my fucking artsy bullshit be for everyone. It's fine. They did fine. Good job. Movie. Probably. I don't know. This movie is fine. You know, I've never seen, but it reminds me of, uh, what's, is it like 13 Reasons Why? What is, Dylan? What is it? <laughs> is that 13 Reasons Why or 10, re- what is it? 13 Reasons Why is a show that's about um, the 13th reasons why he kills himself. Yeah, it kind of has that feeling to me. Where I which you've never, up, a, a, a show you've never seen. Yeah, I've never seen this before. <laughs> but it has the same feeling. But it's like this. There's YA stuff that like tackles like more serious problems. Yeah. But it always is like tragic. They have to play it up. Yeah, it's like a Hallmark movie, but for like kids and yeah. YA stuff, heavier subjects. And I thought twice in this movie that someone was gonna die, that Dante yeah. was gonna die. Like they had the fight because they uh, kissed, and Aristotle was like uncomfortable about it. And then I thought he was going to kill himself. And then that's why, you know, like when he goes there uh, to his house, like there was going to be some big reveal that he had killed himself. But instead, it's that he got beat up. And I was like, oh, now he's going to die. <laughs> but then he didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, okay, good. And um, so Aristotle beats up the guy who, one of the guys who beat up uh, Dante. And I thought he was going to die. <laughs> yeah. like, I thought it was going to be a tragic thing where then Aristotle goes to jail and it just becomes, you know, something else. There, When you know this like formula of movie yeah. where it's like, here's this cutesy thing, something tragic. <laughs> Anyone can get it in these melodrama yes, kind of exactly. Flicks. And so that's kind of just the path that I saw it going. And uh, so kind of from the beginning, I didn't expect this to be, you know, that, yeah. I don't know, lighthearted or whatever. And uh, I think it was just funny 
how different the movie felt sometimes. I really liked the part where they were reading letters to each other. Right. But it is very strange <laughs> to just like you're watching a normal movie and then all of a sudden like a whole part of it is <laughs> letters to each other. Yeah. Well, and it's just Aristotle. Like you don't see what Dante's doing. You just hear his voice reading his letters. But it's kind of a cool way of doing things. Like you get to see Aristotle growing and living his own life right but at the same time you're getting information about like the the, the status of their relationship which is a really clever and like you know efficient storytelling that's one thing i noticed this week also with the big fat greek wedding movie is in order to hit those 90 minute marks or less um there is narration that that pushes it forward like it, it just tells you what's happening in in different ways between the movies but like the shorter movies we've seen, I've noticed they've had, they, yeah, they've had to do little shortcuts like that versus like having it all play out on screen, which is appreciated in some cases. It's like an info dump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I don't, I don't think in this case it is. I imagine, again, I have not read this book, but I imagine you just see them as letters yeah, yeah. in the in the book. Okay, right. that's, so that's, that's, that's how they why they're it. having, yeah, yeah that's yeah. why they're doing the voiceover of the letters, yeah. which I think is neat. I think there's a layer of, you know, Dante will be or Aristotle will be saying like what he's doing in the letters and then he's doing something else. So it's sort of like you're seeing what he's comfortable showing versus what he's actually doing. And there's, I don't know, that's a a good multi-layered way to do character development. Mm -hmm. That's actually, I'll I'll give this movie its flowers. They develop the characters. There are characters in this movie. They are distinct. Possibly the only movie we saw this week that had characters. They're characters. They grow. They learn. That's true. (laughs) Credit where credit's due. Wow. Not to say that Valak's character can't get overdeveloped in the Nun 4 or the Conjuring 4, (laughs) but for the time being. Or the Nun prequels. Yes. Well, uh, would you say you've discovered the secrets of the universe or I'm going to keep shush about this? Stay a secret. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, this is uh, not miserable, but I didn't really have a great time watching. It's still kind of a. It's just a little too teenagey for me. It didn't really uh, transcend. I think the target demographic. I didn't uh, think it was like miserably bad or anything, but it's kind of funny, I guess, more than anything. Like, oh, I'm seeing something. I don't think I was any. No one made this movie with a 40 year old man watching it in mind. <laughs> I was some amusement in probably watching something that was not made for me at all. But it was, uh, yeah, didn't also didn't really, didn't really enjoy it too much, admittedly. So I'll, I'll keep this one a secret, respectfully, though. I don't know. This is just the same as uh, my big fat Greek wedding. It's like I, I get it. It's not. It's obviously not for me specifically. I do think that it does a good job of what it's trying to do. So in that way, it's a it's a thumbs up. Good job, guys, for uh, doing exactly what you set out to do. And I bet you the book is exactly the way that you think it is. Uh, reading this, so without knowing. At all, I'm going to say great adaptation of the book. (laughs) Well done. Yeah, this is another hard one to score. As an older person, the first half I really appreciated because it focused on how what's initially presented as a friendship, you know, is is formed. So I really felt nostalgic watching the two characters share art, music, books, everything with each other. 
you know, based or mainly Dante, like showing Aristotle, like, hey, you need to check this out. Look at this. This is amazing. You know, like you need you need to take this home and spend some time with it. I really like that because it it you know it harkened back to when I was in the actual eighties, you know, and, and how we would disseminate media amongst uh, our, our group of friends. So that was really nice. I really love that and. There, like I said, there's a sweet tone to that that first half that my blackened old heart definitely liked, and then they just got rid of it, you know, at a certain point, and then it, yeah, it just turned into a, you know, totally a different story, and it it lost me a bit, and then yeah, when the universe appears in the hand, was I was just like, oh man, wait, and you and you knew just like by your own internal clock that the movie's about to end, and you're just like, really, all right, so yeah, this is a tough one to score. Um, first half for me. Better than most, but then yeah, then it just doesn't stick the landing and it just kind of falls off. So this is a this is an incomplete, incomplete universe. I don't know what else is out there. I'm a, I'm a, we we should put uh, some respect on the soundtracks. It was amazing. Name. Mm. You get the yeah. church. You get expose. Open opening with a Bronski beat track, and Hard. that's a that was a f- great montage yeah. of his like kind of daily life while the Bronski beat tune plays. Zachary Thax, which is a deep cut like yeah. Texas shit. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, so, so that's a, that's a, a firm plus from the old folks convalescent home gives a thumbs up to that. <laughs> Here's the, the problem the with soundtrack that. soundtrack with that at least. Uh, when you become, yeah, when you watch that and you come enamored by the soundtrack and you want to go listen to it at home, uh, the internet's already proliferated with people that made Spotify playlists of what they want the book's soundtrack to be. Okay. So it has nothing to do with what oh, was in yeah. the movie. So like you're just down a rabbit hole that you can't dig your way out. You're like, no, that would not work on, with, with the movie. No. So, yeah. so uh, Dylan, what movies are we watching? Unlimited. Hey everybody, thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Regal Movie Masters Unlimited. Next week, we got Camp Hideout. I literally do not know what this movie is about. I've only seen the movie posters walking through the theater. It has that really cool like 70s like art drawing, like Bad News Bears. The one that comes to mind really, if you're a true rocker, is Detroit Rock City. Anyway, I just assume it's a comedy at a summer camp. That's all I got. We also got Satanic Hispanic from what I've been told is an anthology film about some, well, Satanic Hispanics. And I saw it features the legend himself, Efron Ramirez, from the Crank series. And he also played Pedro from Napoleon Dynamite. But that's all I know for about this film. Then we got A Haunting in Venice, an ensemble cast to scare you while you're in Venice. It looks scary and I'm excited for it. Anyway, guys, see you at the theaters. Bye.